Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Well, this morning I want to introduce you to Lottie from the Netherlands. Thanks to her dad and to YouTube, 23 million people have watched her grow up. They've watched her transformation. And this concept, this idea is easy to relate to because it's the same thing happening to me. It's happening to you. It's still happening right now. And it's the theme for today's message. Take a look. about you. If that was me, there would have been a lot more bad haircuts up on the screen. Um, I wonder, I wonder uh, what your word would be for this new year. A couple years ago, I started this practice. Instead of setting resolutions, I would prayerfully and intentionally select a word to help kind of guide my prayers, my attitude, my heart, uh, my faith in the new year. And I wonder, maybe some of you have selected a word, you have a word. But if you did, if you had to today, what word would you choose? Today, I, I have a word, one word, that might just be that for you. Uh, as we start this new year as a church, I, I really couldn't think of a better way for us as a church family to start the new year than to focus on our mission statement. Now, some of you, you, you might work for organizations that have a mission statement, and the reason they have a mission statement is because you're supposed to have a mission statement, but that's not true for us. You see, for us as a church, this statement points to everything that we do and why we exist. Everything we do as a church should point us back here. So this matters. A little over three years ago, as a church, uh, as pastors, as staff, as board, we began to prayerfully consider how to articulate our mission in a statement. It's not new. In fact, uh, many of you, if you've been hanging out here long enough, I hope... This doesn't sound new to you, but I have it on the screen. Our mission statement is this, transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. It is out on the wall, but it's not just a statement that we wanted to print and put it on the wall. It is what guides us. It is what directs us into why we do what we do. So help me a little bit. I believe that participation is better than observation. So help me for a minute if this seems silly to you. Get over it. You'll be okay. Uh, re repeat after me. Transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. All right. The, the neighbor that was asleep woke up and realized everybody's talking. All right. So now everybody, one more time, repeat after me. Transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. Some of you got a little louder because you're worried I'm going to keep making you do it over and over and over. But that's our state. That's our mission. That's not new uh, for several years now it's been our mission, but we are going to start this new year and we're going we're to spend four weeks talking about four specific words in our mission statement to help us understand it's good to know our mission, but you know what's even better? To be engaged, to be a part of the mission. And if you're here this morning 
you're invited in to be a part of this mission to which God has called us to. So today, the, the word I want to begin with is the word transformed. Transformed. It's likely not shocking to you that I would begin the new year with this word because it's how we begin our mission statement. It's the first word of all the words, and we weren't going to allow that statement to be too long because it had to be easy, concise, something we could memorize. And so of all the words, what few words we would choose, this was the first word of our mission statement. So this is going to be the first word that we use today. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12 today. So if you have your copy of Scripture, would you turn there? Uh, We'll be there in just a minute. But as we do... uh, Let's understand a few things about this idea of transformation. First, I want you to know this emphatically, that God is in the transformation business. (laughs) He is a God of transformation. I I want you to know that, and I don't want you to just take my word for it. Consider his word, the story of God. That's what God's word is. It's his story for us, to us that we're invited to be a part of his story. If you look back on the story of God, it is a transformation story. Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden way back at the beginning, and everything was good, except they chose. They chose to do the thing that God said not to do. They chose to kind of be their own God. I'm not going to follow your ways for my life, God. I'm going to do my own thing, and in doing so, sin enters into the world. And the moment that sin enters into the world, the transformation story of God begins, right? That, that's the story of God is that the creation no longer perfectly reflects the plan of God. It was flawed and full of pain and heartache. And look, we see that today, don't we? We see a world full of heartache and brokenness around us. We see a world that is not as it was perfectly intended to be in the Garden of Eden. But the good news is from that moment, and we can see it throughout the story of God from that moment, God began his work of transformation. And so this morning, we're going to talk about that idea of transformation. Specifically, what are we transformed from? What are we transformed into? And why in the world does it matter? So Paul's going to help us in Romans chapter 12. These are are two verses that may be very familiar with you today. Two verses are all we can handle today. So we're going to dive in deep. Uh, Romans 12. One and two, and I'm going to stop us several times throughout and talk a little bit about what we're reading today. But this is the word of the Lord for us. Uh, Therefore, Paul begins, Romans 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Stop and consider what's happening here in the text. Paul is, uh, Romans chapter 12 follows Romans chapter 11, right? And Romans chapter 11 was all about the mercy of God. It was all about God's Mercy, even though we're sinners, like we just talked about Adam and Eve, even though sin entered into the world and now we have a a sin nature within us, even though that's the case, God is merciful and his mercy is extended to all people. This matters because Paul, the guy writing this, was the worst of sinners. I I, I didn't say that, he did. He called himself the chief of sinners. So, So this is somebody who had experienced transformation. He experienced the mercy of God. He literally was walking on the road, down the road to persecute and kill and destroy Christians. And Jesus appears to him supernaturally and he is transformed. Literally, his name changes. He was Saul and now he becomes Paul and the entire mission of his life is transformed. And so this is somebody 
who understands the power of mercy and the power of transformation. And so what is he saying? Therefore, therefore, in view of the mercy, because of the mercy of God that's available to all of us, let's keep reading, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. We're going to talk about what that means in a minute. Holy, pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. The Jews knew all about sacrifice. That was their former way of worship. Their worship wouldn't look a lot like what just happened in here. Their worship looked like bringing an animal to, to sacrifice on the altar on behalf of their sin. That there needed to be some sort of compensation, right? Some sort of offering in place of their sin. And so the, the Old Testament practice that the Jews would have of worship is to offer a sacrifice on the altar. Some of you may wonder, why, why do we have altars, right? We don't, we don't, we don't have animals that we have, right? It, it's kind of commemorated to remember this idea of, of the power of a symbol of, of laying something down on an altar. I, I sacrifice, I surrender, I offer it to you. And, and that was very familiar to the Jews. But Paul, he is giving us a, a beautiful picture. He, he's not saying I, I come and place an, an animal sacrifice on the altar. Paul is saying because of the mercy of God, I place myself on the altar. I, I don't need something else to put there. I, I put me on the altar. I'm a living sacrifice placed upon the altar of God. Here I am, God. I belong to you. That's the image that Paul is painting here. It's a powerful image. So what does it say? Verse 1, therefore, in view of God's mercy... Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Place yourself on the altar. That's holy, pleasing to God. It's your true and proper worship. And then verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of the world. And, and here comes our word for the day, right? Maybe your word for the year. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. The Greek word, we know that the New Testament was not written in English, it was written in Greek. And so that Greek word for transformed is the same word that we use for the word metamorphosis. This is a complete and total change. That's what Paul is saying. Transformation is happening. So again, the story of God is a story of transformation. Uh, transformed from what? To what? Well, Paul helps us here. Look again at just these two verses. We no longer conform, what, to the pattern of this world. We're transformed from that. We used to just operate according to the pattern of, of everything around us. That was our mission, right? We just did what everybody else did. We operated according to the standard of everybody else around us, but we've been transformed from that. That's not who we are anymore. That's what Paul is saying, notice in Romans 12 that to conform is active. That's active, right? That we have to determine to stop conforming. We, that's, it's not just this idea of mindlessly, no, no, that maybe we don't realize it, but we are intentionally conforming to the world around us. And Paul says part of this transformation is we make the choice to stop conforming, but then notice that transformation is God's work. We make the decision, oh, I, I, I do not, I will not, I will not conform anymore. But then, and, and that's when God begins his transforming work in our lives. God transforms us. 
So we're transformed what? From, from the pattern of this world. And what are we transformed to? Well, look right here. His image. His glory. Paul says, I, I place myself on the altar. And, and then he uses this word holy, pleasing. Well, that's what God does in us. That's what he transforms us into. I don't make myself holy and then I put myself on the altar. No, I'm, I'm not very holy at all. But I place myself on the altar and he transforms me. And he makes me holy. That's what happens. That's the power of God to transform. And that's what Paul had experienced in his life. He was the worst of sinners. He, 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 nobody thought anything good could come of him. And, but he placed himself on God's altar. And now... God has transformed him into his image, reflecting his glory. Let's be honest this morning. Some of us don't like change. Don't look at your neighbor right now. It wouldn't be a good moment for you, right? We don't like anything to change. We changed the service time this morning. Some of you came in, oh, we had no, no 9 o'clock, just 1030. Why would we do that, right? We don't like anything to change. Some of us would eat the same thing every day if we could. We would watch the same shows. We would talk to the same people. We definitely sit in the same seat in church. Don't look around. Feel guilty, right? We like consistency. We like predictability. We like stability, right? That's what we like. It's true. But here's the problem. God is in the business of transformation. You're familiar with the old saying, right? He loves us enough to meet us right where we are but too much to leave us there. And so maybe our nature, we kind of like comfort. And we kind of like everything to stay the same. But, but the truth is God is in the business of transforming us. And his transformation is not just a one-time thing. It's true that God begins to transform us in a moment. But that transformation continues on and on and on. And, and so... The problem with a posture that refuses to change and refuses and pushes back against transformation, well, you're going to be miserable because the God you serve wants to transform you continually, moment by moment by moment. He wants this new year to be filled with transformation for you because his transformation is not just a one and done. And we believe, this is what we believe, the transformation of God is so important, it's the first word in our mission. I, we can't think of a better way to articulate who we are and what we're called to be than with that first word, transformed. We will only bring hope to others through Christ if first we ourselves are in the process of being transformed. I hope you can think back on your life. I can think back uh, five years, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Man, I really, really, really battled being a people pleaser. That really was my goal in life. I mean, Jesus was Lord of my life, but really, what was the most important thing to me was just making everybody in my life happy. And if somebody didn't like me or if somebody wasn't happy, it would ruin me. I couldn't rest. I couldn't recover until I somehow found a way to make them happy or make them like me. Well, the problem with that is that's a joyless way to live. It's a terrible way to live. Some of you kind of understand that mentality. And it's a terrible way to live, and you can't really be genuine because you're just trying to be who everybody else wants to be. And the bigger problem is that my number one desire should be to please the Lord first. And sometimes I made pleasing other people in my life more important 
than pleasing God. But I'm so grateful that we serve a God who's in the business of transformation. That he didn't just leave me there where I was and said, well, good luck, buddy. No, he, he continually, as I placed myself on his altar, right, he continually transformed me and showed me moment by moment, day by day, he's still transforming that part of me that so desperately desires the approval of men over the approval of God. And so he's continually transforming me. Praise the Lord, I'm not who I was, but praise the Lord, he's not done with me. And I, I'm hoping, no, 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 I'm betting that 2023 for me is going to be a continual transformation as I trust the Lord and let him lead my life. What about you today? I think you're surrounded by people who have experienced transformation. If you haven't, man, you can, but you're surrounded. There's people to your left and to your right and people watching online today who, praise the Lord, have experienced the power of God's transforming work. This year, for you, can be a year of transformation. Maybe you've never experienced that. Maybe you're sitting here saying, I don't really know what you're talking about today, Adrian. Well, this can be your year. This can be your day. This can be your opportunity. The same power, transforming power that Paul is talking about can be at work in your life. And this can be a year of transformation as you make the decision to say, God, I, I'm going to stop conforming. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to place myself on your altar and, and then allow you to do your part in transforming me. Maybe for some of you, last year was filled with disappointments and discouragement, and you're ready for something, anything new. Please, Lord, let this new year be something better than last year, right? Well, this, this is good news today because we serve a God of transformation. He's in the business of doing new things, and today can be that day. This year can be your year. Lord, I want to experience your transformation. That can be the cry of your heart here this morning. Uh, each, each week in this series, uh, I, I want to help us uh, articulate a, a prayer, a, a one-sentence prayer. It's a prayer that you could write down and remember. If, if you're a version Bible uh, user, we have an event set up there, and it's listed right there in the event. It will uh, remember it for you. But I, I want to do this to help us because I, I want us to be, again, engaged in the mission. I actually believe this. For us as a church to be the church that God is calling us to be in 2023, we have to be transformed. It's not an option. We have to be. It's not just for the, the leaders, the life group leaders or the board members. It's for all of us to experience his transformation. And if we're not walking in that, we can't really be the church that he's called us to be for such a time as this. So, so each week I want to help us articulate a prayer. And it's, it's a simple prayer, but it's a powerful prayer that helps us kind of fall in line with, with the, the word for the week. And so the word for this week is transform. And so this is the prayer. It's on the screen behind me. I think this is a powerful prayer. Not just that by uttering it, something kind of magic happens, but from your heart, if you mean this today, I believe God can use this prayer to change your life, to change your January 1st, but, but all, of your, all of your days in this new year. And the prayer is simple, right? But it's just this, Lord, transform me by your power. Listen, that's important, isn't it? This isn't self-help. This isn't my 10 steps to being a better me. I believe in self-improvement. I love all that. But that's not what we're praying this morning. We're saying, God, transform me by your power. I've seen what my power does, but I want your power. Transform me by your power to make me 
everything you want me to be. Now that's a prayer. That's a place myself on the altar kind of prayer because that's not saying, God, transform me by your power to be these things. Here, I'll give you my list. Make me this. It's saying, God, transform me by your power to be everything that you want me to be. I place myself on your altar in who you want me to be, where you want me to go, who you want me to become, who you want to transform me into, God, that's who I want to be. And I'm telling you, it's a prayer. But for some of us, if we could latch on to this prayer, I believe God will use it to transform your life and transform our church. I actually believe this prayer is perfectly articulated in a passage of Scripture. I'm not going to have it on the screen behind me, but I'm going to read it to you. But then I'm going to show it to you this morning. Because I, I want you to leave today with a powerful visual of what I believe that this new year can be, should be. I'm going to say what it must be for us as a church. The prophet Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 18, he writes these words. And he's prophesying these words to the nation of Israel. And these are true. These were true for the nation of Israel. But, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have the audacity to say that because God's word is alive and active and continue to speak, I believe that these words are not just true for a people of God thousands of years ago. I believe that as Jeremiah writes these words, they can be true and must be true in our lives today. So if you can stay awake, I'm going to invite you, would you just close your eyes for a minute, and maybe you want to follow along in Scripture, do that. Turn to Jeremiah 18. But if you don't have the copy of Scripture in front of you, it's only six verses. I'm going to invite you, would you close your eyes? Would you picture these words? This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as he seemed best. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. I've got some visuals today to help. They, they help me. I got really blessed as I was studying and learning and preparing, because I don't know a lot about pottery, and some of you do. But I believe this visual that we hear about today, that we read about, it's thousands of years old, but I think it speaks really, really true for us today. Visual number one is this. It's a pound and a half lump of clay. Uh, for me, um, other than... Um, getting this all over me and working it around, this is not very useful to me. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, my Play-Doh skills back in the day, I could make a snake or a nest. That was my two things. So other than that, I got nothing. So uh, this, while it's beautiful and wonderful to me, cannot be, cannot be made beautiful. But, but in the hands 
of the potter. This has limitless potential. Limitless potential. It can become something beautiful. It can become something functional that's needed. It can be something so beautiful it's placed as an object that other people admire. And in the hands of the right person, the potter, this is beautiful. But something happens sometimes, right? Uh, because this analogy is beautiful. But sometimes, you, I hope you see, we're this, right? In the hands of the potter, of course, is, is our Lord, our, our Savior, who wants to transform us. But, but can you imagine being shaped by the potter and then having the audacity to be like, no, 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 don't make me that. I want to be this. Don't make me a mug. A mug just like them. A mug. I want to be something different. I want to be a cool decorative bowl. I want to be, I don't know. I don't know what our pottery options there are, right? But sometimes, sometimes in the process of being shaped, it, it looks a little like this. Um, I think some potters call this when it flops. Now, that might not be an official pottery term. But in other words... <laughs> Everything seems to be going right until it's not. And for some of you, this is a really good visual for where you are today. It looks like this. It feels like this. And, and you would even look at, I would look at this, because I don't know anything about pottery. I would look at this and say, well, this is permanent, right? I'm just broken. I can't ever be used. Who would ever want a mug without a handle that's lopped over like that? I, I'm good for nothing but collecting change. I'm useless. I'm worthless. God can't use me. He won't use me. The mistakes of my past, the ways I've messed up, I will never measure up. And this is a visual for some of us today. Here's the beautiful thing I learned about this. When this happens to the potter, you know what they do? They dip it in the water and they put it back on the wheel. And it's not permanent. It's not damaged. It's not done being transformed. Just because it flopped a little on the side and it's not going how we thought it should go, the potter takes it and begins to shape it and form it again. He continues to transform it until it reaches the perfect plan that the potter had in mind. And that's the visual I want you to see today. That's the visual I want to leave with you as you begin this new year because the truth is, is that all of us here can be this, clay in the hands of the potter, transformed into his image, into his likeness, into what he would have us be. And even if today it feels a lot like this, he is in the business of transformation, and he continues to transform, and he continues to take this and turn it back into this until he molds it and makes it beautiful, perfect. Not, not perfect according to my plan, right, but perfect according to his plan. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Place yourself on the potter's wheel, holy, and pleasing. This is your act of worship. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. The band is coming now as they help us close 
today, today I want to invite you to pray that prayer. There's nothing magical about the prayer except the heart of the prayer is that, God, I want you to transform me. I want you to transform me according to your power. Not my power, not what I can do. Your power, God. Transform me. Transform me by your power to make me everything you want me to be. Church family, would you stand? In a minute, we're going to worship. But before we do that, would you stand to your feet? I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you today. I, I want this visual, the visual of the potter and the clay, to go with you as you begin this new year. But I want to pray with you and for you. And today, if you're in the sound of my voice, and you would say, wow, I... I need the transforming power of God at work in my life. I need his transforming power at work in my life. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand now? We're going to pray together. But I, w- I, want, I want you to join me if that's your prayer this morning. If you know that God's not done and he's still at work and you're desperate for some places in your life where maybe you've tried to be the potter and today you're saying, God, you be the potter and I'll be the clay. If that's you this morning... Our prayer is simple, but it's powerful. Transform me by your power to make me everything you want me to be. Lord, transform me by your power to make me everything you want me to be in this new year. Transform me, God, by your power. I can't do it on my own strength. I can't be the clay telling the potter what to do anymore. Lord, transform me, mold me, shape me into who you want me to be everything that you can be lord some of us we can't even ask think or imagine everything that you could make us to be forgive us lord and in this new year transform us by your power make us everything you want us to be in the name of jesus we pray amen amen Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.